Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kirtlandry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. And let's give all the worship team a hand clap. Thank you so much. You know, we can get stuck with so many things. You can get stuck with an offense. You can get stuck with in your finances. You can get stuck with your health. Get stuck in your marriage. But you need to know how to stay free and how to get unstuck spiritually. That's the key. And you need to, you need to see the way out. And I'm hoping tonight that there's an impartation that you can actually spiritually with your eyes see your way out to the victory maybe over something you've been stuck in for many years. And it's my prayer tonight that you'll feel the freedom from that. Because there'll be an anointing here, I believe, from the Lord to set you free from the hopelessness of thinking I'm going to stay stuck the rest of my life. Amen? So tonight, say, Lord, I'm going to receive the knowledge. I'm going to see my way out of every situation. And I'm going to feel the freedom tonight. Because what's going to happen tonight is that any bondages of fear and failure will be broken off tonight in Yeshua's name. The first thing to getting free... And this is the hardest, this is, I put this step first because it is the hardest step. And it's, I think it's a hard step to understand, but that is experiencing godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is when the Holy Spirit allows you to experience the grieving or the sorrow or the pain that's in the heart of the Lord over your situation. That's godly sorrow. That's how I got saved. When I was in the bathtub and Jesus appeared, I was experiencing the Lord's heart and how I grieved his heart for the sins that, I, that my life was on a, uh, like, the, like a video camera. And I was seeing the things that I had done. And I wasn't experiencing condemnation. I was experiencing sorrow from the Lord's heart. It makes the Lord very sad when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But when you, when you take him into sinful situations, it grieves his heart. And the godly sorrow, <coughs> excuse me, Godly sorrow is when you actually tap into that. Godly sorrow can be the most uncomfortable thing. It can be extremely painful. Um, I don't like going there, but sometimes you have to go there in order to get to the freedom and the joy and the peace that you need. It's not natural for your soul to want to go into a place of godly sorrow with the Lord. But I don't, the only way I know how to describe it, and this is a terrible parable, but it's kind of like being sick 
and you know it's better if you make yourself throw up than to suffer all night with the cramps and everything that's going on in your tummy. And you have to make a decision because no one likes throwing up. It's the worst. But if you know that it's bad for a moment and then the healing can start take place, it's kind of how godly sorrow is. It can be extremely painful. But it is the gateway to freedom for your soul. It's when the Lord allows you to experience how he feels. 2 Corinthians 7.10 God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regret, but the sorrow of the world works death. This is in the Passion Translation. God built us to be able to reset through godly sorrow. Probably a better analogy or parable would be to unplug the electronic device from the wall and give it time to reset and plug it back in. That's what godly sorrow does in the soul, the mind, will, and emotion of every man and woman. If we're going to get unstuck, we have to learn how to confess to God, not hide from Him. James 5 and 16, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. Isn't it amazing that honesty and confession brings instant healing? And I'll say it this way, the longer you wait to reconcile an offense, the more damage it's going to do to you. So the sooner the better. That's why the scripture says don't let the sun go down. Be instantly healed for the tremendous power is released through the passionate heartfelt prayers of a godly believer. Understanding that when we're offended and when we pray, it nullifies our prayers. I think the key word here is instantly. If you would say instantly. If you would instantly take responsibility for your bad choices and your bad actions, if you will instantly then you will not suffer the wage of it, which is death. The sooner we put out the fire, the less damage to the house. Number three, ask for forgiveness. Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you will discover. Knock, and the door will be open. Ask knowing that you're going to be responsible for what you ask for. Asking is a choice. Only you can ask for what you need from the Lord. The reason people fear to ask for things from the Lord is because they're feeling fear 
or shame from something unconfessed because you are worthy of all praise. I mean, the Lord is worthy, and you are worthy to receive all the glory that he's paid for. Amen? Number four, make restitution. Very few people, people think that an apology is restitution. Restitution is restoring something that was lost or stolen. All of us have had situations where we've been involved in sharing information that we were sure was absolutely true and it was not. And then when you find out later that what you reported to the other person was not true, you need to make restitution. Because the did you know about this situation and then what you're reporting is fake news is damaging many people that you're speaking about and the organizations that are tied to it and we become weapons of fiery darts of the enemy and when you're convicted of that you need not only apologize but you need to make restitution by trying to correct what was said and you don't see that much particularly in the modern day in the media they'll go out and make it up as they go and it's a total lie and once they say it it doesn't matter even if they come back and uh try to do any kind of correction to what they've said, it's already moved through the news cycle and nobody cares. You understand that in the soul of people, they like to gravitate toward bad news. They like bad news. The more drama, the better. But for us in the body, we need to know that if we're going to be reporters of bad news, it's at the cost of our authority in the courts of heaven. You can't have both lives. You can't enjoy bad news on earth to speak good news in the courts. Five, receive forgiveness, Mark eleven twenty four. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask in prayer, Believe that you have received it, and it is yours. When you receive, you have to develop a heart attitude that reflects the forgiveness. You cannot receive spiritual gifts, spiritual promotion, physical gifts, and physical promotion, and then operate out of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and operate out of out of the unforgiving or the unrepentive or the unregenerated or the untransformed soul. What you'll do is your emotions and the emotional intelligence will kill the gift of the supernatural that was just given to you. Spiritual gifts are like goldfish. You take them home and they're in a bowl, 
And the Lord wants to keep them in a bowl, not in a tank that has a filtering system. He wants you to be responsible for that gift to tend to it every day and every night and change the water and, be, and interact with that gift. Because if you don't interact with that gift on a regular basis, the gift will die. And it doesn't mean that it dies and goes away and you can't retrieve it. It just means it, so to say, spiritually goes into a place where it's not performing and you're not tapping into it. Spiritual gifts and gifts from the Lord are like muscles. They are, you, they are uh, given to you to be used. Amen? Is this too, too easy? Forsake sin. John 8 and 11. Look around, she replied. I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, then I certainly do not condemn you either. Go for, uh, from now on and be free from a, a life of sin. Once the Lord sets you free from a sinful life, it's easy to do it when you're dealing with that family member that has a drug problem. It's easy. There's an intervention. You take the person to rehab. And then when they come back, everybody knows the most important thing is to get that person relocated away from the friends and to the connection to the drugs. We all know that, right? But we don't do that with anger. We don't do that with gossip. You have a gossip problem. You don't go to the gossip rehab. They probably should have them. And then when you come back out of the gossip rehab, you need not to have the same relationships with the people. That, that first thing they do is saying, how are you feeling? Great. And say, well, let me tell you what happened while you were gone. You have to forsake sin. Unbelief is a sin. Coming in agreement with unbelief is a sin. Is this helping anyone? You have to manage your own soul. When God gives you a gift, we know, and you're well trained here, that trials and tribulations are coming immediately for the word's sake. Number seven, be honest with, with man and God. Be honest, be responsible. Don't sweep things under the carpet. Matthew 5 and 25. It is always better to come to terms with the one who wants to sue you before you go to trial or you may be found guilty by the judge, and he may hand you over to the officers who will throw you into prison. I'm going to read this in the New King James. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer 
and you be thrown into prison. So let's go into what happens in the courts of heaven. Who is your adversary in the courts of heaven? The accuser of the brethren. Correct? So what this is saying is agree with the accuser of the brethren quickly. What? You want me to agree with the devil? That's what it's saying. Well, I've never heard this. Is that scriptural? Pay attention. If you're going into the courts of heaven and you don't agree with the accuser of the brethren for what you've been accused of, that is true. If you don't agree with it, then you can't expunge it. What he is counting on is that you won't agree. And what this scripture is saying, the accuser of the brethren is craftier, more powerful, and has more authority. And if you don't disarm him by being honest and repent before you go into the court, you will end up getting sued in the court and the just judge will have to rule against you because you lied. That's worth it all right there tonight. That's why you go into the room of atonement. And when you come into the room of atonement, you say, Father God, I have been accused of lying, cheating, stealing, whatever, the, whatever the, the accusation is. And I come in agreement with it. I've done it. I confess my sin. And as soon as you confess your sin and repent... With godly sorrow, the accuser cannot use it against you. Boy, this is good stuff. But I don't like to say I'm wrong. Get over it. You're wrong most of the time. Guess what? Your love from God through Jesus Christ has nothing to do with how you are right or wrong. He loves you with an unconditional love. It is not performance-based like your parents. You're not trying to earn something here. This isn't stars on the collar. Well, I'm a good boy, so I get grace. No. You get grace because you have faith in God. There's a lot of really nasty people who believe in God but have faith in his love and receive grace. And you wonder, how did that work? Because the Lord knows their heart and their situation and we don't. And the Lord weighs the heart, not the outward appearance of what we see from a narrow view of what's happening. So I'm just going to do a brief review here. And these are for your notes. You need to practice being still before the Lord and allow the conviction, not condemnation from God, to experience godly sorrow. And you can quote 2 Corinthians 7.10. 
because the scripture says God designed us to feel the remorse. You need to put that on your list. If you're going to get unstuck, you're going to have to know how particularly if what you're stuck in, you don't know it. I mean, it's become so habitual and it's so generational and it's so in your family line that you have zero conviction over doing it. Spirits like manipulation, which is like witchcraft, you've been a manipulator since you were so little that you don't even realize that manipulation is a major sin. It's witchcraft. You've taken the witchcraft and put it in charm and, and uh, uh, different categories. No, you're manipulating people with witchcraft. And then you wonder why you're stuck. Well, Lord, why can't I have more discernment? Why can't I have more power? Why, why can't I have this or that? And the Lord says, until you keep trying to manipulate people, I can't give you gifts because if I give you my gifts, then you'll just throw it into the sorcery bucket and use it as part of the manipulation as well. So the gifts are irrevocable. We can always tap into them to a certain level. But I'm talking about taking them up into higher levels of responsibilities. This goes into the message I preached about the vessels, that there's clay vessels, wooden vessels, and uh, there's, there's uh, copper and silver and gold. If you're going to promote up into those higher levels, then you can do the self-examination with the Lord and come clean and not have to have a prophet come and speak a word to you that something's wrong. You know something's wrong. You're just afraid to find out what it is. Come on, talk to me. And the reason I know that is because you're afraid to go to that place of godly sorrow. God is not going to reject you. He's going to heal you. But you're going to experience years of missed opportunity and situations that would have changed if you would have allowed him to transform you 10 years ago instead of now. That's the sorrow of the Lord. And when he shows you a vision that if you would have done this earlier, this would have happened, that's sorrow. But my question is, when are you going to go there? Because you don't have to go there. You can stay there the rest of your life and keep going. But the bottom line is, is that the older you get, the more frustrated you get and you lose your joy. The only way to keep the joy of the Lord is our strength, is promotion and fellowship. And that promotion is higher levels and fellowship with people of higher levels. Number two, we have to confess our sin. And I don't blame you for not wanting to confess your sin in church. I've seen huge disasters where people have come down, confessed their sin, and then a gossiper gets a hold of it. And next thing you know, it's all over the church. And then you say something very smart like, well, guess what? I'm never doing that again. You shouldn't do that again. 
You need to find somebody that has integrity that will not say anything to anyone that you can go to as a counsel and, and that has the, the fear of the Lord and be able to confess that you know that won't take it around. Did you know this? Come on, I'm getting into your business because you need to get free before these fall feasts. I'm already taking hours and days to get ready for Rosh Hashanah, for the word of the Lord, for the fall. And I'm telling you, it's big. But it won't make any difference how big it is if you, when you get here with your vessel, if it's not cleaned up and ready to go, you're going to miss the opportunity. Look at your neighbor say, I'm not going to miss it. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to ask the Lord for forgiveness, and you need to ask other people for forgiveness. Even if they don't forgive you, it forgives you because you asked them. This is about you getting unstuck, not them. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid to ask. You need to make restitution. We don't see this hardly at all. But it doesn't mean that I don't speak it out. We're not to owe anybody anything but the love of God. If we've messed up, we need to do our best to try to heal and bless that situation. Amen? Not just apologize, not just ask them for forgiveness. See what we can do to help restore what was stolen from that person's integrity and their life. Number five, you have to receive forgiveness. You may have done some really horrible things in your life. I know I have. And it took me a while to learn how to receive forgiveness from the Lord. Because I didn't get saved till I was later. And what happens is you get so familiar with the identity of feeling guilty over what you've done. You have to cut the soul ties with that identity and receive the new creation identity of being forgiven without that very bad thing that haunts you. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to receive forgiveness. And now hold your hand in front of your face. Say, listen to me. You need to receive forgiveness. Forsake sin. I can tell you for out of my own experience, godly sorrow is the best way to forsake sin. If you ever really experience godly sorrow on, on your choice and what it does to the God and what it does in the kingdom, where you really allow him to reveal to you in the spirit, this is what could have been but because of the sin, now it's this. That's really godly sorrow. Especially when the Lord reveals to you, I tried to deal with this with you in 1995. And you rejected me. You were too busy. Is this helping anybody? If you want to get unstuck... 
you have to get to the root of the problem. Otherwise, you'll just stay stuck. And the key is to be honest with man and to be honest with God. Amen? So I'm going to ask if Cassie would come up on the keyboard. And we're going to get unstuck. How many are ready to get unstuck? How many have an area in their life that they would admit that they're stuck in? And they're, they're, they're absolutely tired of it. Raise your hand. I want everyone that raised their hand but that, that said that they're stuck and they're absolutely tired of it. If you just come down front. If you kind of get back from the, I'm going to come down and I'm going to lay hands on you. Yeah, it's just time to get unstuck. I'm going to release to you a spiritual jewel. And I'm going to do it first online, and then I'm actually going to do it here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a precious stone from heaven. And in the courts, there's jewels that open doors. And I'm going to come up to each and every one of you that's here. And I want you just to extend your right hand. And I'm just going to put this jewel into your hand. And this weekend when you go home, I want you to go into the courts of heaven. It's all right, Matt. We're not going to need catchers. They're going to be all right. I'm just going to release this this jewel to you. And then this weekend when you go home, I want you to go into that quiet place in your home, wherever it is, And I'm releasing this to you. This jewel is the size of your hand. And it's a red ruby. And it fits perfectly into a door to the court of justice. And when you go home, I want you to go into the room of atonement and confess all your sins to the Lord and receive it and agree with the adversary. Agree with him. Don't make excuses. If you're at the excuse stage, you're not ready for this. This is is responsible stage. You know you're not rejected by us or God in this house You're not rejected because of your shortcomings. 
because everybody in here, including me, has shortcomings. And praise God for the mercy of the just judge in heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I want you to go into that room of atonement. This is your homework. And cleanse yourself. Take the notes. Go through steps one through seven. And then go into the courts of justice and take that stone and just put that mantle. I'm putting my mantle over you right now so that you can go into that court and take that stone and put it. it you'll see that the back end of that, it's diamond cut ruby fits right into that door and take it and give it a turn. And the angels will meet you. And they will guide you to the mercy seat. And then the angels will bring a vial. It literally will be the tears of the Lord for you. And there'll only be a few drops. And the angels will literally tip it up and allow you to drink in godly sorrow. And when you do, you need to kneel down. And you need to ask the Lord, be gentle, but reveal to me so that I can be free. And the power and the fire of the godly sorrow will start to consume the soul ties and burn up in the books the history of in your family lines all the way back to the garden. And the Lord will start to reveal. The angels will bring light and they'll start to reveal things. But be quick to agree with the adversaries. Say, yes, Lord, that is in me, but I don't want it anymore. I cast it away. And you want to leave those in the mercy seat. You're going to get unstuck. In each and every one of you, you're going to get unstuck. So I'm going to pray over all those online right now. Father God, I just, everyone watching, I just put you under my mantle. In the mantle of House of David and CLM. And Lord, I take you into that 
room of atonement. And Lord, I ask that even now, before we even receive this jewel that opens the door, Father God, I pray that you would cleanse each and every one of us from fear and doubt and unbelief. This isn't a method of praying. This is, this, this is a spiritual experience. I said tonight that one of the things that would happen is you would feel the freedom. You're already, you're seeing the hope right now and you're starting to feel that freedom. You're saying, praise God. That habitual drug addiction and breast cancer and all the things that have been passed down and the divorce and the spirit of anger and all those things are now being cut off in your family life in Yeshua's name. So right now, if you're, if you're watching online, just extend your hand and I'm going to give you this red ruby. I just give it to you now. Just put out your hand by faith. Just put your hand out and I want you just to receive it. And I put my hand on top of your hand. That's all we're going to do here. Just receive it. Thank the Lord. You might want to do it tonight or wait till tomorrow, but follow the instruction and go to the court of justice. where the just live by faith. Hallelujah. Just receive it. This, this jewel, this key... It's not for a one-time use. It's not for a one-time use. If the, if the worship team would come and allow me the ones that I want to release this stone. It's time. It's time. You need to protect this stone. You need to protect this stone with forgiveness to yourself and others. The only way the enemy can steal this stone out of your hand is through offense. It's time to reclaim your forgotten heritage. This jewel will open the door 
This will silence the accuser. It will literally cause you to shine, that his light within you will shine through you. By assignment tonight, the Lord said, you need to release knowledge to my people to get free, to be unstuck. Just say to the Lord, say, Lord, I receive it. And now the Lord is going to reveal to you the way out. Out of the court of justice, when you leave there, you will not walk out. The angels will take you to a side door and there's a river of life. And that river is full of his love. And you will be mikvahed, you will be immersed into that love. Now I put the stone in your right hand. If you would just take that stone that's in your right hand. And I want you just to put it over your heart. And close your eyes. And you'll start to... The third assignment today was that you need to feel the freedom. The Lord says, I put hope in your hand and I'm releasing freedom now in your heart. Many of you are feeling like electricity. Many of you are feeling heat. Many of you are wanting to cry. And many of you have wondered, where am I going to store this precious stone? Do I put it on a belt? Do I put it on a sash? Do I sew it into a robe? And the Lord says, this stone can only be housed in the heart of one who believes. So by faith, I want you just to release that stone into your heart. The Lord says, I know you see it in the spirit as a precious ruby that's cut as a diamond. But he says, it's not ruby. It is the pure blood of my son, Yeshua. Because only those who have the blood of Yeshua in their heart can share in my heart and experience my sorrow. So just receive it. Just receive it. So Lord, we just release the ministering angels now to everyone in this room, everyone within the sound of my voice, even to all those who are watching an archive. And we decree that they are unstuck. 
and this precious ruby stone that's in their heart will be like a red flag in their soul that any time they start to get stuck again, this stone will beat in your heart and quickly lead you into all the different steps of repentance. For repentance is a lifestyle of the king and priest. You would just say with me, Lord, I seal this in my heart. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.